It was so funny because that was him dumbing it down. And like, it was a, way above my head. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that was him explaining it to a child, and I wasn't even there. You know, I was just, un- I was just unclogging a urinal, like, what? <laughs> but, but that's why I love that guy, and that's why that guy should be on the news. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, I understand every word you say, okay? So stop talking. Get the fuck off the TV. All right? You sound like, you sound like the asshole at the bar. So... Yeah. <laughs> Well, you see the divergence of the incoming infection. Get the fuck out of here, Fauci. <laughs> What's that stupid word he keeps using? He used it one time, and then somebody made fun of him, and now he uses it all the time. The, diminu- the diminu- diminution of the variance. <laughs> Motherfucker, stop with the fucking... You got like five four-syllable words that you always use. You know what I mean? Just to dance around so he never has to actually answer the question. You know? <laughs> Seriously. Waste Seriously. a little time here, a little time there, and, uh, oh, what was that? Oh, we're out of time? Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Get your booster. <laughs> well, well, Frank, this is a very important question. I'm very glad you asked, and since I only had 30 seconds from the beginning of this answer to answer, uh, I just wanted to make sure that I clarified. I was very happy you answered. Is that the time right there? That's the timer? No. Okay. Oh, it's over there. Well, let me take a drink real quick. My throat's a little dry from thinking you, Frank. Okay, thank you. <laughs> the diminution of the virus is so that the technicality of the... Di- oh, it's on time. Okay, thank you. He'll never have... He'll never ever go on Joe Rogan's podcast. And that's the best part about it all. Honestly. Like, he, he'll always just hide behind CNN and MSNBC and Fox News, honestly. They, they're, they're the Fauci groupies as well now. You know? They're all Fauci groupies, and that it's funny that Rogan will have these intellects on there, and then 24 hours later, all their stuff is scrubbed from YouTube, <laughs> and you can't even yeah. get clips from these interviews. But you can, but go on a Twitter at any given time of day, and it's just an inundation of Fauci clips from well, all walks dude, of life. What's what's crazy is there's it's, it's undoubtedly there have been there, there has been at least one person that has died from the vaccine and there has been at least one person that has gotten sick from the vaccine right yeah but if you even mention that you get kicked off yet you you can still find the clips of them from a couple of months ago it's one hundred percent effective it's one hundred percent safe it's safe and effective they're still saying safe and effective and that it's like man. Is it? I don't know. Safe and effective. Oh, yeah. It's a very weird time that we're living in, man. Well, it's a very weird time. Nobody, my, my, the, what blows my mind is nobody's even talking about like the, the question of whether or not this is even a virus we should worry about has just gone off the table. Right. So it's just not, not, it's, it's not even a question of whether or not we should worry about it. It's a question of should we destroy our entire country and, <laughs> you know, the foundation that makes us who we are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, dude, show your papers, dude. Show your papers. That is the most unbelievable thing ever, dude. This is the, that's what makes this country the greatest country in the world is that I never thought I would ever have to show my papers. And here we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is the saddest thing I've ever... I mean, we have really taken a turn for the worst. 
and I don't know what it's going to take to go back. I really don't. Once you get Chicago, New York, L.A., I really didn't think Chicago was going to go for this, dude. I really didn't. You're going to push had, people away from Chicago and all the business away, and I think what's going to happen no, dude, is, yeah, listen, I really do. I, I spend all day every day in that south side, man. I know, you know, those are, those talk, you know, every time you turn on the news, they talk about, like, the poor minorities in this country, right? Right. Like, that is Chicago south side. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, I know, and I know these people, and I really didn't think they were going to stand for this. I really didn't, you know, and I really hope they don't. Well, I mean, you and I have talked about the percentage of um, African Americans who are not vaccinated. It's in the it's above sixty percent. That's why know? I really didn't think they would do it in Chicago. Well, like, so what is going to be the backlash? Do you think? Like, what kind of response are you going to see start to see in places like the South Side of Chicago when you start <laughs> denying people access to food? Okay, so there is a guy here. <laughs> There's this guy I was talking to. He he lives like you know, he lives in the ghetto. <laughs> yeah. And uh I was working there. I was working for his uh restaurant. And uh it was so funny because I asked him about it and he had the funniest response. Mm-hmm. And uh I go, You you think they're gonna enforce these mandates around here? You know? And he said <laughs> he said they can't even enforce not shooting each other around here. <laughs> 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 if you can't enforce not shooting each other, how are you going to enforce where's your vaccine? <laughs> I, mean, like, <laughs> I, was, I was just laughing like, I guess you're right on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no way you're going to have a cop going around, like, making sure they're, you know. Okay, so sh- this furthers my my idea but uh, my head but my my point is is that's like on the south side you know what i mean that's always well so world okay so north side all right wrigleyville they're gonna go all in on vax mandates for eating and all dining in and all this stuff okay so so, so on the south side are you gonna have a place on the south side then that will not honestly what dude what i tried to what i tried to tell people is well i know the fact that one thing that gave them the courage to do the mandate is that some businesses on the north side were already doing it. Right. But my point so, about all what my point is here is you're going to get all these people in a certain part of the city, the north side, the whiter side. They're going to go all in on this mandate shit. Okay. On the south side, where you have a vast majority of your population who is black and unvaccinated, uh, you're going to absolutely at least have one singular restaurant that will refuse to do this. And and you know what's and you know what's funny, Frank, is it touched on what you said earlier. You know why those people are not vaccinated on the south side? Because a lot of them (laughs) don't have health care. Yeah, and they're not worried about paying for the shot. You could tell them the shot is free all you want. If you if one out of a thousand is having a bad reaction, who's covering the cost of their bad reaction? These people are terrified of going into the hospital. It, what, what a lot of people don't understand is the difference between rich and poor is poor, you know, you could go to the hospital, you end up in the hospital for two, three days, it ruins your life. You right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It literally ruins your life. You can't. You, that's it. You, you no way you're paying that. It's so a, not even that. If you are a black business owner in the south side of Chicago, 
Can you afford to mandate anything other than trying to protect your business from being robbed? Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> okay. Are you, do you fucking care who's got a vaccine card in their pocket when you're standing behind fucking a half foot of uh, bulletproof glass? Have you been to the liquor stores in the south side of Chicago? Because I have, and I know you have too, Mike. They, they literally, for people who aren't familiar with these scenarios, okay, <laughs> in the south side, when you go into a liquor store... You will only no, it's enter. Even ga- it's even gas stations. Gas stations, liquor stores. You are allowed to walk into about a five by ten piece of space. Yeah. The rest of the building is surrounded in bulletproof glass. And when you and then you look through the glass and you point out and you say to the attendant, "I'd like that way over there," and they go get it. And then they send it through this gigantic contraption of bulletproof glass. Yeah, the, like, tur- the bulletproof the turn turnstile table. thing. Yeah, so that, way, so that way you can't rob them. Okay, the, their number one concern is robbing. If it's too, them. No, the best part is if it's too big for the turntable, then you get the uh, Hannibal Elector drawer. exactly yes exactly okay so so now that we have this all this picture is clear for everybody okay okay you institute your vax mandates in these places good luck okay just here's the funniest part though here's like the irony of the whole thing right nobody's more equipped to enforce it than the south side because they already have <laughs> right. like three three security guards for every right. one waitress for every one waitress yeah. you know, you know? so they actually have the manpower to do it but they can't because then they'll have no customers whereas <laughs> whereas on the north side you don't have anybody to check except this 17 year old tiffany <laughs> you know, you know, who's the hostess <laughs> What's going to happen is you mandate bullshit in one side of town, you're just going to send business to the other side of town. No, that's I'm all telling you right now, over the past two years, one thing I really loved about working in Chicago in 2019 was uh, it was it was still it was a blended city, man. It really was. It was blending. Right. You know, you'd get a call on 95th Street, you know, 95th and straight and State Street. And it's, you know, it's a white family. You're just like, oh, okay, you know, you know, but now it, and it was all, now it is, it's dividing hardcore. It is dividing hardcore. What used to be areas where people, you know, everybody was moving in. Now it's not so much and it's just getting, you're ending up with literally a tale of two cities here, you know? The have and have nots. They're literally drawing that line. You, You go, you go up, you go to downtown, you go to the north side. Man, there's cops circling, circling. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're everywhere. You go to the south side, you can't find them. Right? It's yeah. like, you know, I would love to see the the, the comparison of uh, response times to the north side versus the south side. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's it's you know, and where does the mayor live? It's not on the south side. Oh, I can I can guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's she's not on 95th and state. You know, she's not living on 35th where Dad wants to go party by White Sox Stadium. <laughs> right. Do you want to hear the funniest thing that happened to me this week? I know, we're, uh, I know we're running out of time here. I got to uh, I got to give a public service announcement here. Alrighty. This was from Mike the Plumber. Stop trying to install your own bidets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
the, the thing about plumbing, the thing about electric, electricians, the thing about mechanics, the thing about carpentry, it's very easy. It's very easy. <laughs> you could watch a YouTube video and you can do it, and it is very easy. Until it goes bad. <laughs> and, and when it goes bad, that's when you want a professional there on site. Okay? <laughs> okay? Because you're going to watch this YouTube video, and they're going to tell you, oh, all you do is you turn off the valve, you know, by the <laughs> toilet. You just tur- you turn off the valve, right? Uh-huh. And then you install the, the, the thing. You turn off the valve, and then there's no water, right? Mm-hmm. So how could, you, how could you mess it up? All right? That valve is held on by a compression fitting. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that compression fitting is not threads. All it is is a brass ring that you, you, you tighten the nut, and it compresses onto the copper pipe. Right? Uh-huh. It, is, it is meant to handle the 50 pounds per square inch pressure that is coming from the water in your line, right? Right. When you go wrenching around on it, (laughs) (laughs) you're going to put more than 50, 60 PSI on it, and that that valve that's stopping all the water is going to pop off of that copper pipe. This is good advice. You're going to get sprayed in the face. You're going to flood your fucking apartment and the apartment below you because there's no way to stop that water. You are not stopping that water, bro. Nobody I've ever walked into their house has stopped that water. And it's it's an hour before I get there, okay? It's an hour before I get there. So you have an you have water just per and if you live in a high rise, God fucking bless you. <laughs> because, I, because I'm gonna literally take an hour to get there, oh and I'm gonna goodness. get I'm gonna get there, and I'm gonna look at this water pouring out of this half inch line, flooding you and your neighbor's house, your people below you, right? And you know what I'm gonna tell you? I don't have access to the building. You need to call the building engineer. <laughs> Once the building engineer is gonna take another hour. <laughs> <laughs> The entire time, right? The entire time, your insurance premium is just ticking up. (laughs) Because you're paying for the damage of your unit, the units next to you, the unit below you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Dude, by the time the building manager comes, turns off the water, your entire unit is ruined. Right, they got to do a two-foot flood cut around the entire, all the drywall. <laughs> the cabinets are ruined. Your couches are ruined. The people below you, their shit, their ceilings are ruined. You know what I mean? Yep. All because you wanted to install a bidet and you didn't want to pay me four hundred dollars. You know what you I wanted mean? to sprinkle a little water on your ass. You wanted to sprinkle water on your ass. Dude, I went to two of them yesterday. I didn't get home to. I didn't get home to two in the morning, bro. The motherfucker tried to install his shit at ten o'clock at night on New Year's, and then he's, I'm literally standing. <laughs> dude, I'm literally standing in this in this bathroom. Water is pouring out of this pipe, right? I know how to turn off the water, right? I know how to turn off the water. I could turn it off at any minute. It's ruining all these people's units, right? And this motherfucker is trying to negotiate with me on the price. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, (laughs) stop trying to install bidets, people. Call a (laughs) a plumber, pay the price, 
It's worth. Here's the thing, right, Frank? You're a pretty handy guy. Sort of. You could definitely install your kitchen sink faucet. Yeah. Right. right. And now I can do it, and I'm going to charge you five, six hundred bucks to do it, right? Right. And and you're going to think that's ridiculous because you could do it for nothing. Uh huh. And it's true, you could definitely do it, but I'm not only going to do it faster, <laughs> right? In ten years, the one I put in is still going to be firm and <laughs> it's going to be there. In 10 years, you will have tried to tighten it six times. Right. And now you're at the point where you can't tighten it anymore because the threads are broken and the fucking shank is, is, is cracked. You know what I mean? Like, right. That's the difference. I don't, think people, I, I don't think people get it. So when it comes to squirting water on your bum, call the professionals. That's <laughs> Call the professionals, man. I mean, you guys, especially, okay, if you own the house... Fuck it. Do whatever you want. None of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But if you're a tenant, dude, that's what broke my heart. That's why these guys don't want to pay because it, it always ends up being like a tenant. Both of them were tenants. You know what I mean? So now they're being held. Res- like the, the landlord's not paying for that damage. Right. He, di- he didn't tell you to go fuck around with your plumbing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so the building's going to want to hold the landlord accountable. And that landlord's holding you accountable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. If you if you're a tenant and you want to do something that your landlord doesn't want to do, get a licensed plumber. That way you can bla- you can put the liability on him. That's you're you're not paying me four hundred dollars because it's hard. <laughs> you're not you're not even paying me four hundred dollars because it's something you can't do. You're paying me four hundred dollars because if this apartment floods, you can be like he did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's advice to you know, go out on, right, Mike? Yeah, that's you know what I'm saying. Yo, uh, the one reason I really wanted to come back was uh, what happened with the fires, dude. Yeah, we had fires here. (laughs) Yeah, a little little bit of a fire, huh? It was not. It was not. I I, I just want to start this off. Uh, So as as somebody living in Chicago or probably anywhere else in the country or the world, uh, nothing happened this week except for COVID. So there was nothing... (laughs) Nothing really to talk about. <laughs> the best part. So, well, here's what's interesting about the fires that happened here in Colorado. So, uh, a bunch of smoke started there- happening. It blocked traffic for a minute. And then uh, there's like one major highway. It's 36. It goes between Boulder and Denver. They had to shut down traffic on it because of the smoke coming over the fields. And uh, that, because of 100 mile an hour winds, gusts, uh, the fire exploded and uh, leapt over the highway and just started burning homes on the other side. How do you get a hundred mile hour winds out there? I thought that was like, you know, that's like ocean shit because you got that. So for the people who don't know, we have a national weather um, uh, building here. It's uh, NOAA, I believe is what it's called. And... Uh, this is my own belief, but I believe that uh, Colorado is involved in the manipulation of the weather. <laughs> and how do you get 100 mile an hour wind gusts in Colorado? Uh, it's the government. No. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's got to be like the mountains or something. Yeah, it's right? actually just yeah. it's it's the uh, 
the foothills in the front range there it gets just very incredible uh, amounts of wind and the wind gusts and everything are um they could it's be like hurricane si- force yeah it's similar to like uh the thing in uh was it la or not la but in california where like those winds go down that valley yeah and that's actually boulders in a yeah. valley and uh, uh it yeah, kind of it, yeah, it's just yeah. the winds are just historically bad here uh, everybody knows that that's lived out here um especially along the foothills bro i'm the one in the windy city baby yeah well it gets nuts over here there's a lot of like especially you know for a lot of the routes that our vans go out on um there are some parts where they'll shut down entire stretches of highway here in colorado because of the wind you know oh for like the big rigs yeah totally or for anyone driving across there's certain massive stretches of road where uh the wind is just, you can't drive through it. It's just too dangerous, you know? So it happens here. So anyways, uh, it, I really, I got to tell you, I really didn't know you guys had that kind of stuff happen. Yeah, it's, it, it does happen here. That's why our, our fires get so out of control because of the wind. Uh, and then on top never, of that, never, we're super you, dry, you never, super dry you here. You never hear about Colorado fires, California. They take all the limelight on that one. <laughs> well, ours are actually, um, they get out of control, but I think we do a good job mitigating. Uh, yeah, you know, our forestry yeah. system is a lot more is a lot better funded than California's, I think. And uh, I don't know, California just sucks with everything. So, you know, that's, <laughs> and when it comes to government, California is not uh, you know the beacon. Unless you're a transgender homeless, California sucks for you. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to live there. <laughs> so, anyways, here what happened originally. It was reported that a downed power line of some sort, uh, you know, created sparks, which the wind then pushed into flames, and you know that's how it happened. Now they are saying it was not downed power lines. They have no evidence of that happening, and they've actually uh, recently, I think it was last night, they issued a uh, search warrant. So no, somebody started it. Oh, I told Emma immediately no. when this was going on. I said, no doubt in my mind, this was started by a vagrant. So no. what people don't understand is Colorado has a terrible, a we have a horrible homeless problem in this state, especially in the Denver Boulder areas, which are the most liberal policy based areas. And just like in every other liberal major city around the country, the homelessness is out of control and the policy is because the policies we have in place to be totally honest that's you know so in colorado a lot of camping a lot of people living along uh areas where uh you know the cops aren't necessarily checking for them you know and so um they ha- it hasn't been proven yet they're I, they're investigating it but it was my immediate immediate belief that the fire was started by uh, a vagrant, a homeless person, probably camped out somewhere, you know? And that's what they think happened? That's what I think happened. What do you listen oh, to over there, Mike? <laughs> oh, shit. Let me turn... Oh, hold on one second, man. Let me turn on the TV. Mike's the only TV-watching podcaster that we have out there. <laughs> what, are we podcasting? Uh, well, let me put on this TV uh, full volume. Full volume it is. All right, here we go. Uh, my bad, my bad, my bad, man. My, it's, amateur, <laughs> it's amateur hour over here, you know? The amateur podcast hour. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude, that would make sense. I mean, 
that's my belief. They have proved nothing but the fact yeah. that they issued a search warrant. In and it could have been like the guy wasn't even. It was like he wasn't doing anything. He was probably just trying to like hook, you know, cook up some beans or something. And I think it could have been a cook guy cooking up some beans or uh, some kids. Never probably know. Kids, dude. it's always kids with fireworks. And... Man, that's terrible. They're saying almost a thousand houses. Yeah, it's actually over a thousand houses for sure. It's already. over a thousand. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, most destructive fire in the history of Colorado. Property damage because, wise, property damage wise. The, Obviously, there's been massive fires here, dude. Before I've I've seen them. Yeah, but it's like the woods and the mountains. Not even, dude. Uh, I was probably probably ten years ago. Um, I was working at Mad Greens. Uh, in this like um the 29th Street Mall in Boulder, which um it overlooks the entire foothills. And yeah. uh, we were all standing outside of work. It was about 8.30 at night. And um, our faces were glowing from the orange glow from the foothills being on fire. And we oh, were just yeah. standing there watching uh, as they yeah. were burning. And uh, it, it a very eerie and bizarre image. It was burned into my mind. No pun intended. Maybe pun. Maybe a little pun. Maybe a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't on purpose, but yeah, yeah, all right. But so, uh, but I'll never forget that. And you know, everybody out here again, if you lived in lived in Colorado for any stretch of time, you you fully aware of the fires and all that stuff and why they get out of control and how how easily they get out of control. But this literally. Uh, it, it was within the span of about an hour and a half, two hours that it spread um, miles, dude. Yeah, miles, and it burned homes instantly. And it, it literally, it was um, surreal to watch from the computer. You know, I was at work trying to coordinate our driver to get out of Boulder, and uh, we did so around the traffic. And I saw the traffic and everything happening in real time. And by the time that they were announcing evacuation orders, uh, it was it was too late if you were trying to get oh, out at that point. Absolutely, oh, you were yes, stuck in traffic. Yeah. You were I try to tell yeah. everybody. That's why I try to tell everybody, man. You watch these movies of like disasters and everything. Is it's too late? Yeah, it's the second the you top, hear the evacuation order, you're stuck. It's it's too you're late. Stuck, dude. Yeah. These tra- Dude, you, you you can't even get everybody to a Bulls game without locking up the highway. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you get everybody out of the city? No, 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 dude. Yeah. yeah, that's so scary. How scary is that, bro? That, like, well, so sh- I texted Emma. You, so, so people don't realize how inefficient government is. This is the best example. Yeah. Situation. Yes. This yeah. is why, you, do you want proof 9-11 wasn't orchestrated by the government? See what happens in an emergency <laughs> yeah. situation. They Where's came, Beppino? Where's Beppino? Literally, They're he was right. Incompetent. They're incompetent. <laughs> this is what I told. So Emma then, Emma was working in Boulder, and I texted her and said, you got to get out of Boulder because pretty soon you won't be able to. You're going to be stuck there. And she eventually was rolling out, and sure enough, she couldn't get out. And the fires, the way that they were erupting around Louisville and around Superior, the wind was basically uh, forcing the fires to kind of hop, skip, and jump all around. So you had this giant almost... uh, circle of fires happening so what was happening on the ground according to emma was she's stuck in traffic they're directing this traffic and then all of a sudden a new fire erupts in the direction that they're being directed so then as instinct whoever was (laughs) directing traffic 
they just would redirect the other way. And so all of a sudden, everyone's turning around and then they're going towards another different fire. Okay. And so Emma basically just said she had a bad gut instinct about the direction that they were pulling and she turned it around (laughs) and went the opposite direction. (laughs) She went towards the mountains and she escaped. She got out of it. And uh, in her process of doing her little three-point turn and getting out, she turned into a cul-de-sac. And according to her, when she pulled in, um, every house was on fire. And she was stuck in this cul-de-sac for a moment, surrounded by like four or five homes just completely burning to the ground instantly. And she said she could feel the heat on the the glass of the car. You could feel the heat in the car. (coughs) She... Turned in this cul-de-sac, got out, and went the opposite direction of the traffic, and she was able to get on the uh, backside road that's like this country road that goes alongside the foothills, and it just happened to be on the other side of this fire that was happening. Bro, even even th- she's so smart. Even if you have to drive through the fire, you're be- you're better off than sitting there. Yes. In, you know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. my God. Just keep moving. Keep moving. You know what I mean? Well, and here's the moral of the story, if there is one. Follow your instincts. Follow your guts. Your guts, dude. Your gut. They are not going to lead you into Uh, a... Yeah, seriously. I I think that was the ultimate, what I got out of it. And uh, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was so funny because when I joined the army, I'll never forget. It was Carmen. That's what he told me. He said, don't follow, he said, don't volunteer for anything. And whatever you do, follow your gut. Don't follow the orders. Wow. <laughs> wow. And, and uh, not too long ago, this kid I know, he, he joined, uh, he joined the Marines. And uh, he was like, you got any advice? And I, I literally, you know what I said to him? <laughs> I said, no matter what happens, don't volunteer for anything. <laughs> <laughs> don't volunteer for anything. And keep moving, man. Keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. Yeah. Pretty incredible story. Uh, it, Dude, no, that's unbelievable. So she got out, though. Huh? She got out, and I, what we kind of laughed about at afterwards was how this, if you want any understanding for how the government handled the COVID pandemic or how we handle any disaster or how the government is just handled in general, this is it, man. It's just a bunch of people pointing in every direction and saying, follow they don't, they me. No idea where they're do. taking you, man. They have no idea. And and really Dude, that's what I'm trying to tell oh dude, that's the Oh my god. Well, I watched this great video from Prager U, uh Dennis one of Dennis Prager's uh videos that he does on there, and it was the difference between people on the left and people on the right. And he his it's he essentially says people on the left believe it's our job to change society to improve society, whereas um, uh, people on the right or Republicans uh, believe that you need to change the individual. You need to improve yourself in order to yes. uh, to improve yes. society. And, oh, that's a great point. You know, yeah, that, is and, gra- that is a great point. And yeah. uh, you know, being you know, it's really important to look internally. You know, and I just, I don't know. It's crazy. So, and like what you're talking about with the whole fire thing, the the one thing, dude, the one thing we are missing in government, the one thing we've been missing the past two years is real leadership. And uh, 
in that situation of the fire, man. I'll never forget basic training. You know what they'll do is they'll cycle everybody through leadership roles. So, like, like you literally, you hate the squad leader, but then, like, next week you are the squad leader. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then everybody hates you. <laughs> what, did, uh, like, what did Kennedy say? Ask not what you, uh, or... Yeah, ask not what you can do for your country. Or ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, but but dude, my point is, uh, dude, in the basic training, what they'll do is they'll put you in charge of people. Right. And like, so I was in charge of the squad, and we're like, you know, we're watching the perimeter, and then they just throw these fake grenades, and they do like a fake attack, right? Uh huh. And it was like, it was, dude, it was exactly what you're talking about, except in like they're they're like reenacting a war situation, and they're like, okay. Bombs are coming off 12 o'clock. Uh, everybody, you know, 300 yards, 6 o'clock. That's where you're going to gather up, you know, whatever. Right. Then, they, But then they start throwing bombs, you know, but then bombs start going off on your 6 o'clock. And you're like, oh, shit. Hey, 3 o'clock. You know, it happens to every new leader who's never been in a panic situation. They'll start changing it dramatically based on what it is, right? And so bombs are going off here, so we're going to run here. And then, you know, what happens is everybody just says, I was like, what ends up happening is everybody just ends up right where you started. (laughs) Except, except people are dead and bombs are still going (laughs) off. Right. And the one thing that they, that teaches you is that no decision, the worst decision is better than indecision. Hmm. Especially if you're a leader, right? No decision will cost more lives than indecision. Right. And that's what we're kind of dealing with on a national, on a local, on an everything level where we have, we, you know, I elect you as my leader. I'm electing you to make decisions, but you're making your decisions based on the polls who are asking <laughs> us on what decision we would make. You know what I mean? Like, no, you need to be the leader. You know, I, I, yeah. I love it when I love it uh, like a real leader, right? You ask him if like a real leader, somebody who real really understands leadership, right? Right. You ask him. You ask him, is Joe Biden a good president? They will tell you there's no way to know. You know why you don't know? Because he's leading us. <laughs> is he leading us in the wrong direction or the right direction? We won't know until he's done leading. Hmm. Give give him the chance. Yeah. He might see things that we don't see. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He might be doing things that we just don't know. Right? His job is the big picture. You know, I want that leader to take on the big picture so that I don't have to. I'm a little guy. I want my little picture. My, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to take care of my little world. I'm going to build my little house. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, totally. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I, I hope there's things that he – I hope – Everything Joe, I hope last year was a complete failure in my eyes because I'm too stupid, right? Yeah. I I hope over the next three years, everything has proved me wrong and it turns out everything he did was right. Because that means what happened was he just made the wrong, he made what we perceived to be the wrong decisions, but they ended up being the right decisions and he led us in the right direction. You don't know if a leader's doing right or you really don't know if a leader's good or bad until he's done leading. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because... You know, until he's done leading you to where he said he was going to. So let's, I don't know. I, I have to say I that. Don't know, I don't know if you get what I'm saying about that. Where like, that's the problem when you're facing with the fires is, is, is we lost politicians 
have 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 really lost the idea of leadership. I kind of felt like with this whole fire situation and what Emma went through trying to escape it, I felt it was exactly uh, what the COVID pandemic was, which was a bunch of people just following direction, not thinking for a second, maybe I should just turn it around and follow the open road. You know what? I'm just going to sit here in traffic and burn. Okay, well... (laughs) yeah no that's why emma's a genius like emma is a is a you know what the problem is emma's a leader people should have followed her and they did people did follow her actually they they started driving behind her and the and the people that followed her because a leader is supposed is going to look at that situation and just be like this is not helping the masses you know what what instead of sitting in traffic and burning i'm gonna turn it around go down the open road and try and get out of here and anyone else want to come with me you're free to choose to do so Yes. Maybe that is the leadership we needed over the last two years. And you know why people Emma followed her? I mean, you know why people followed Emma? Because uh, she just did her thing, and it, people were like, "She might know something I don't. Let me follow her." <laughs> That's she exactly go, it. Yes. She, she didn't go around saying, "You have to follow me. You have to follow me. You have to follow me." You know what I mean? And anybody who says don't follow me, I'm gonna shut them up. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're banned no. from Twitter. <laughs> That's a true leader. A true leader looked at that situation and said, "This is a bad situation. I'm gonna find a good situation." Anybody want to follow me? Go ahead. Dude, the worst thing you could do is sit still. Well, Just and here's the in, thing: in an emergency situation. Well, but (laughs) I told Emma the reason so many, we live in a very democratic area here, and the reason so many people just sat in traffic with, instead of thinking outside of the box and trying to survive, Democrats right now, they believe in government, they believe so much that that they will sit in traffic and burn till they realize oh, wait, maybe I should think for myself. Maybe I should live my life without depending on government. And instead Yo, of depending on, on someone on. to tell me what to do, I'm going to figure out what to do. And I, I feel like being stuck in a fire, trying to escape a fire, is totally emblematic of people's political beliefs and where they are politically, which is there's the Democrats who will say, no, I'll, this is fine. I'll sit here and burn as long as you tell me to. And then there's people like Emma, independent, free-thinking people who are going to say, you know, I'm going to turn it out of here and, uh, you know, figure this out on my own. I don't need government to tell me what to do. And I really think that's that's what I got out of this whole thing, honestly. And I got to ask you, though, like, if you're that guy sitting in traffic, like, at, at what point? Like, you watched Emma go by... You know, she turned, you watched yes, her pull How many cars do you watch go you by? Know? And then you watch, and then like you're sitting there and that smoke is getting thick. And you're just sitting <laughs> yeah. there. And you're watching other people turn around and that smoke is getting thicker. You know what I mean? Yes. And this guy, and this guy up there, he's got a uniform, but he's younger than you. And his, you know <laughs> what I mean? does, does he really know what he's doing? You know what I mean? And he's just listening to the guy above him who's not even in the fire. You know what I mean? Right? And like, at what point do you turn around? You know what I'm saying? I don't get it. I well, don't get it. I do. And I'm telling you, I I really, I've, I told him, I'm like, look, this is such a beautiful sample size. We just saw yeah. firsthand. God bless you, Emma, dude. I love you, Emma. Like, I'm glad you're safe. Uh, and dude, but good the, thing you're people, free thinking. People will just sit there and burn, Mike, as long as they're told to do so. 
I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. Hold on, man. Like, what is it? When the smoke gets too thick to see, is that when you leave? Is it when the flame is kissing the, the, the tires? Is that when right. you leave? When your like, tires wh- are melting? What, what, like, at what, what point? <laughs> yeah. and like, and like, I, I promise you, when the fl- like by the time the smoke is too thick to see, now you can't get out because everybody's trying to get out. You know what I mean? And it's like... <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Like, at what point do you see that open road? And you're just like, yeah, I'm going to take that chance. I don't get it. I don't get it. And that's kind of where we're at with the pandemic, dude. Exactly. You know? No, we are is, exactly there. The, the is, pan- is, is we're yeah. all on that highway, man. We're, we're, about, we're about 55% now are on that highway following Emma. You know what I mean? Literally. Like, you know, yes. There's, four, there's 45% of you that are still <laughs> sitting there in that traffic. You know, half of you, that fucking flame is kissing that tire. You're already sick of COVID. You, you got COVID. You did everything they said and you got it. That flame is hitting your tires. It's what melting you. you. You're burning. <laughs> You're literally yeah. burning alive. You're burning alive, man. When are you going to hit that road and follow Emma? <laughs> Seriously. I, I, I cannot tell you, yeah. like, when it was yeah. all said and done and we were talking about it, I was just like, is this not just our society in it the is. modern day yeah. right now? Is just we're all trying to escape this fucking fire. We all want the same thing. We all want the... Dude, you know what I tell everybody? I've been around the fucking world. I've been to the poorest. I've been to the richest. You know what? Let me tell you something. You you know what makes... You know what connects everybody in the world? Every single person in the world just wants to live their life, and they want the best for their kids. Absolutely. (laughs) That is is all it is, man. That's what keeps the world turning. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like... You could go to the poorest slums in India or you could go to Park Ridge and everybody is just working to make the best for their kids. And like, that's it. And they just want to live. And if they don't have kids, they just want to live their life. You know what I mean? It's like, that is what makes the world go round. And yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, dude, people want the government to tell them what to do and they'll sit and burn. They'll just sit there and burn, dude. And that's what I that's what the fire here taught me. We were very close to evacuating. Uh we act we legit packed up our valuables or what we deemed valuable. And let me let me say this. <laughs> it was, the funniest part is you probably had like a litter box. <laughs> Mine were my two guitars, the televisions. Yeah. Let me tell you when when you Hold are Hold on, man. Did you have the litter box ready? No, no litter box. Uh, I was gonna say, bro, because you gotta think like if you if you only like, you only got a limited amount of mass you could fit in that car, and if one of them is a litter box for the cat, like that's taking up so much value. No litter box was involved. No. Our cats, they're they're semi outdoors. They they know how to shit outside. Yeah. Uh, oh, that big one will take care. That big one probably take care of all of you. Oh yeah, he will. He'll get us food and everything. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Just so you guys know, uh, Frank has a baby panther. <laughs> <laughs> he is he is a baby panther. Dude, he like looks like a regular cat because he like dr- he like just kind of tricks people when he, he walks around. Him. He murders. But then when he but then when he stretches out, he's like touching the ceiling. You're like, <laughs> what is going on here, dude? He's huge. We f- huge. He eats wildlife, but. I gotta tell you, we were we were within the range and the uh, the zones of evacuation were increasing and moving towards our home, and so and that's the way the wind was going. So we legitimately were packing up our stuff, and uh, you know, that's that's where we were at with this ridiculous situation. 
And I mean, look, when when you're when you're finally in a moment where everything is gonna potentially burn away, you know, the shit that was, you the shit you grab is really funny. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say, dude. You know, you, know? I, you know what I was gonna ask you? <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you're gonna remember this, dude. But you remember, uh, you know, you know how I said doctors never talk in hyperbole, right? Soldiers do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they live in hyperbole. It's live or die. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, remember when we were? I don't know if you remember. You came home one day. I was living in the mom and dad's basement, and I was like, "There's only one thing in this room I would grab if the house was on fire." <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. What was it? It was the airborne wings. Oh yes. You remember that? I do. I do. And I don't know. You like looked at me like super crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's probably you know at the time, man. I know now you probably think of that differently because you've been there. Like, yo, if everything's on fire, what really matters? I gotta tell you, those are really those are the things that I've carried forever. Those are the wings Dad pinned on me after airborne school. You know? Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's it, man. F- fuck the money, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every, everything got, is replaceable. The cash, the bongs, the radio. Everything is replaceable. You know, dude, I don't give a fuck about that. No. Those wings, I'll never get back, you know? I tell you what, uh, when we were packing shit, the most important thing was that us and the two cats were ready to go. Yeah, that's it. That's Because uh, I have to tell you, all the reports after the fire died and they were able to go through everything, uh, all you saw online were... Nobody was able to go back to get their pets. And so what they're yeah, not talking about is that, there's about dude. a thousand houses that burned down with pets inside. With, with dogs and yes, shit. Yes, all, all sorts why, of pets. So no, that's no, no. the heartbreaking if, if, nature listen, of this story. Listen, if, you're, if there's ever anything like that, leave your door open. Your animal will find a way and it will come back. Dude, dude, Great advice, don't. actually. <laughs> yeah, honestly, very. Leave sp- the door open, man. Seriously. No, but Mike, uh, the fire happened. Swept. It swept so quickly, and this is during the daytime on a Thursday or Friday that uh, nobody could get to their home even from work. Oh my god! So, so like the dog. Oh my god! Everybody's animals were trapped inside, and nobody could get even to their possessions, let alone their their animals. So. Oh, those poor dogs, dude. Dogs and cats, dude. And and other little creatures that people have. I mean, yeah. all the Bruce's out there. <laughs> I, I I I'm just telling you that that's that. Fortunately, fortunately, this wasn't a tragedy, and it wasn't a thousand people that burned alive. It was uh, a thousand pets, probably. But it's still Tra- sad. But you know, a house is a dude. That's a loss, man. I don't care what anybody says. That's a tragedy. People, absolutely, people, absolutely. The, the, the vulner so like you have to think about the vulnerability you felt of your house maybe burning down, and then you magnet you know that's a ten times a hundred times the people that actually lost a home. Hundred you know? yeah, hundred percent. Like, no, and just it's a tragedy. It's I think I think when it came down to when we really thought about it, though, it was the most important thing was just us and the pets getting out. We everything would have been replaceable, yeah. you know. And I think I, I really think that's all people really think about in that kind of stuff. In those if it's situations. not alive, it's if it's not alive, it's replaceable. Exactly. So I mean, you know, who cares about your stuff? Except for me, which I did. I was like, oh my god, I got my guitars. Uh, you know, did, all did my you podcasting po- equipment. <laughs> 
right, the podcast gear is good. Oh, that was All the right. first stuff I grabbed, man. It was. <laughs> I got the podcast gear. I got the cats. Where's Emma? <laughs> Emma, where would you go? She'll be fine. She'll survive. Yeah, no, that's good stuff, man. Uh, I'm glad everything was all right, man. I'm glad that fired. That was a weird. Well, do you know weird. what? Uh, instantly, do you know what everyone blamed it on immediately? Trump. No, I'm just kidding. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Trump actually owned the land and refused to cut the grass. They all blamed it on Trump immediately. <laughs> Well, they did try to say it was climate Climate change, change of course. No, yeah, yeah. yeah it's climate so, change, which, dude. You know, that's nothing bad could happen without it being climate no, change. No, it's got to be climate change. Frank, I don't know if you know this, but before Donald Trump, there were no hurricanes, there were no fires. No fires, no Mike, no natural disasters. <laughs> you know, before Republicans, we didn't have yeah. stuff like tornadoes. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> no, Ronald Reagan created them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hurricanes are clearly the effect of the trickle-down economy. Uh, we all know this. <laughs> and, oh, listen. We're not saying Republicans created them. We're just saying God created them in response to, in response to Republicans' evil. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, so funny, dude. No, I'm not kidding, dude. You go on Twitter when uh, this was happening, when the fires were just engulfing everything, and when night was falling here, Everything was glowing. You could just see this shit from everywhere, okay? Frank, there was that text I sent you where I was, like, laughing. I thought you were joking, dude. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, you'd be hard-pressed like, to know what's happening on national news media. I couldn't find anything, dude. <laughs> CNN had to... I'm listening to sh- I'm listening to radio all day, dude. I'm listening to shit all day, and I didn't hear. I was like, dude, this kid's an idiot. What's C- going on? CNN going? just had to report the climbing uh, Omicron cases uh, happening. The breaking you know? news of that day was the case count in New York City. Oh me! Oh. <laughs> so so people were getting the sniffles in New York City while thousand homes were burned in Colorado, and they were like, well, let's go with the sniffles. Yeah, the sniffles. <laughs> Tell me more. This is more along the lines of Orange Man Bad. I like this. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. (laughs) Dude, that's unbelievable. That's that's what killed me about it. It was so hard to find shit on the story. You know, I I was trying to find live. Once I realized what was going on, I was trying to find, because you weren't really responding. You know, you were doing your own thing. Right. So I was like. I was trying to find like live feed. Like, is it going towards Boulder? Is it going towards, you know, your home? It was, you know couldn't get no, no information no, no you can't report uh, like i said in the text to everyone in the family uh there's no blm and there's no uh covid involved so you're not going to see this on cnn there's you know, yeah that was the problem you guys needed like at least one like family with no the home dude the 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 worst disaster uh in colorado's history not worth cnn's time dude it's not racist and uh it's not uh white supremacist and uh there's no covid involved and oh by the way they tried to incorporate a little covid uh there there was kind of towards the end when it was sort of dying down they were uh mentioning how you know 
if you test positive for COVID, this is a certain other disaster relief area that you could go to. That shit ended real quick when it was another town burning. Uh, they were like, actually, just yeah, everybody get the fuck out. Serious? Everybody get the fuck out and save your lives. Are you fucking <laughs> Oh, Mike, of course they had to. They had to. Of course this is more serious than COVID, dude. Fuck Every, COVID. Everybody, you can't it's save your burning. pets. Oh, can't wow. save your pets. The town is burning. Your house is burning. But in case you have Omicron. <laughs> in case you have Omicron. Save yourself. Dude, these people have lost their fucking minds. They lost their fucking minds. There are other it's, things. It's a in cult this mentality, world. dude. Some there are other things in this world besides the coronavirus. Homes dude, are burning, of, but oh my god, that, if you have Omicron, make sure you go dude, to this every, facility. If you take if you take <laughs> everybody <laughs> that if you take everybody that died in the last two years, it's less than ten percent of them died from COVID. Ninety <laughs> percent of them died from something else. Most of them fentanyl. So <laughs> 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 we literally have more of a pandemic of fentanyl than we do of corona oh my god seriously dude. dude who's my favorite uh the best thing i ever heard was when ben shapiro he like kept saying uh uh was it uh for sure for sure according to data Alec Baldwin has killed more Americans yes. than, Om- than yeah. Omicron. <laughs> like you're shutting down cities. And Alec Baldwin has killed more Americans than Omicron. Yeah. They should issue like a... Uh... <laughs> We should be shutting down LA for fucking Alec Baldwin. We should be shutting down Alec Baldwin. That's what we should be doing. (laughs) Somebody needs to shut down. Let's just shut down all the Baldwins and be safe. (laughs) (laughs) All all of them look a little trigger happy. (laughs) Just for public safety, we're shutting down the Baldwins. What's that one one from Biodome? How has he not died yet? Seriously, man, the, the real the real crime is, is Harvey Weinstein still in jail, and, and all the ba- all the Baldwins are out. <laughs> you know, you can't lock them up for something. They're worse than the Kennedys. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, the the body count for the Baldwins is way higher. It's incredible. Oh, that's oh and that's just great. regular people. We're not even talking prostitutes. <laughs> Go prostitutes on the Baldwins. That's Iraq levels. <laughs> <laughs> Soldiers in Iraq level numbers. <laughs> Dude, did you see Alec Baldwin went on? He did an interview and he like defended himself and talks about how it wasn't his fault that this person died. It's unbelievable. It's like, I dude, know. you, you no, are. That's the, you're literally the at ego, fault. The ego of the man to think that he could go on and just talk his way out of it to the nation and like. Frank, can I tell you something? You're my brother. Mm-hmm. If I shoot somebody and everybody in the world knows about it, you and nobody else in the world is going to hear from me <laughs> until that <laughs> trial is over. You know what I'm saying? And then you go and you write your book called If I Did It. <laughs> if I did it. <laughs> 
what I'm that's saying. That's how you do it. You fucking, you fucking shut your mouth. Let your lawyer do the talking. You're an idiot.